everybody, this is DJ Free Cree. Welcome to Uh Oh Troubles Father's Day Special. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers that's out there, as well as my father and my grandfather. Which, that's a little bit of where I got my music from, is from my father and his father. My grandfather was in a group a long time ago before he became a pastor. And my father, he plays the guitar as well as his other siblings sit there and play many instruments. And it just passed down to the rest of us kids, cousins, grandkids, nieces, nephews. We all play an instrument and sing and do music in some type of way. But today we are going to talk about fathers that has changed music, well, men, exactly, they probably, all are probably fathers, but mostly men that has changed music, my first group, actually, is U2, U2 is a British band, actually, I got a few of them at our, from Britain, that's on the list for tonight's episode, they are a group that obtained number one albums in the U.S. from the 1980s to present, so all their albums that they have started in 1980s all the way up until now has been number one. From the 2000 to 09, they sold out every show in their concert. Shows that everybody really loved their music and really supported them. They received a Innovator Award for their impact on popular culture and commitment to social causes. Some of their music, they really talked about what was going on in the world and what was happening. And so they put it out there for people to sit there and listen, which gave them a great good reputation in Britain as well as the U.S., they won 22 Grammys more than any other rock band. So any other rock band that's really trying to top them, you're going to have to really work hard and pursue music in a way that they kind of have. You can have your own style, but just in a way where people can understand what you're talking about, what you're saying, like give it a message because they gave messages back then. And a lot of stuff was happening back then. That all this music was created and they succeeded and they showed and they proved themselves. Um, Jimi Hendrix, he was the first to make an extensive use of tone altering effects units. He had his own way of sitting there playing his guitar and it wasn't the way how everybody else was sitting there playing and he had his way and that was his sound of using music. It's quite amazing. Everybody loves Jimi Hendrix. And they they follow Jimi Hendrix a lot. He has influenced a lot of artists. Some of them I will probably be speaking on tonight. He expanded the range and vocabulary of the electric guitar. Using that tone altering that he was doing. It really expanded it. Now, a lot of the artists that I am going to be speaking on tonight, they play by ear. Now, I play by ear. And they never learn how to read music. I know how to read and write music. Some of these artists that I'm going to be speaking on tonight don't even know how to read or write music. But they play by ear and 
the music sounds so wonderful and they just caught on to the beat and they just kept on going and they made great music um he was the first to incorporate stereophonic phasing effects another move on a guitar i mean i'm just now learning how to play the guitar and i'm playing it by ear i'm using videos I'm trying as hard as I can right now, and I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun sitting there using my guitar and playing. The next artist is Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, he was the first musician to receive the Literature Award. The Literature Award had to do with his writing his music. He wrote basically about stuff that was going on in the world, stuff about him. He was very lyrical. And he and it gave him an award for the literature award. It was like him writing poetry and put his words for a song, which is smart and brilliant, which a lot of artists sit there and do that. They do write poetry, they are poetic, and they end up sitting there writing songs and you know mixing them together, or just having a separate having a separate life of doing poetry and doing music there's a difference between poetry writing and music writing he has eight books of drawings and paintings he drew now there's another artist I do have I will speak on later that also does paintings but other than doing his musicianship he is an artist painting and he sold his paintings he was called the master poet, which I spoke upon about his writing, uh, his songwriting, and getting that literature award. They call him the master poet because he did mix his words. It, was, it sounded like poetry, but it was a song, which is very creative. And not a lot of musicians that there use that nowadays. Beyond there is some that does use it, which is a good impact because that's the kind of music that I like hearing. I want to hear something that is all all just real. Everything real. Experiences. Uh, next one is Bob Marley. Now everybody loves Bob Marley. They think about smoking when I talk about Bob Marley. Yes. I do smoke. Um, it is will be fully legalized in the year 2020-20 but Bob Marley was a musician and he was a great musician he was a pioneer of reggae and I do listen to a little bit of reggae music as well and nothing wrong I listen to every kind of music I'm a collective so I like any kind of music reggae music it makes you want to dance so of course I like dancing so reggae music when I put it on I'm gonna dance He is a global symbol of Jamaican culture. He set forth of the person in Jamaica. And he did his music. So everybody was sitting there looking up to him. Which is not a bad thing. They need somebody to sit there to look up to in Jamaica. He has, uh, is Rastafari icon which he infused his music with a sense of spirituality what that means he is an icon 
that's what they sit there and call him. They call him the Rastafari icon. Uh, with him being a pioneer, with him being a global symbol, he was out there sitting there doing his music, doing his thing. He was representing Jamaica, and he's one of the people that you look at in Jamaica. You, you talk about Bob Marley, they know exactly who he is, and Jamaica, he stood for it. And he represented, even though his all the things that he sat there and did, the music is still there, and people still mess with him. You see, people got Bob Marley shirts and Bob Marley pipes, and Bob Marley. Everybody represents Bob Marley. He's a true icon in music. Next person, oh, he is very phenomenal. And how can you ever sit there and forget about this man, Michael Jackson? He's what you guys call the king of pop, the first to be in the top ten singles in five different decades, and. Most successful entertainer of all time. The first pop and rock and roll performer inducted in the Dance Hall of Fame. He's won many awards more than any other popular music recording artist. Who can stop Michael Jackson? I know everybody has their opinion about Michael Jackson. About things that he's done in the past. But that nothing affects with the music that he has done. Nobody can sit there and change that. His music stand for something. He did for something. He started at a very young age. Yes. You know what I mean? He started music at a very young age. He was a little boy. His dad and them, they pushed him so hard. With him and his brothers. And they did so much work. But he learned. He learned from Barry Gordy. Learned on Motown. And then he drifted off and he was doing it himself. Whatever he did behind closed doors in his own property. His own place. That's his own business. Beyond that, his music is a whole different story because it brought a whole bunch of people and they enlightened they were empowered by him they were they, they, they were really enthused by him so for all you people out there that doesn't like Michael Jackson that is clearly your opinion but don't forget the music that he sat there and did that's the music that you love regarding the things that he sat there and did I have nothing against of what he sat there and did at all. Because the only thing I love about that man is his music and the work that he sat there and did and what he stood for. All the stuff behind closed doors, that is none of my business. Whatever he does, that's his own business, whether he did it or not. The music is what I love about Michael Jackson and how he grew up and what he did. And I loved it. And the person he worked with, Barry Gordy, he is an amazing man as well. And nobody can sit there and touch what he sat there and did. And what he did with them boys. And the mentoring he was doing with Michael Jackson. It really put on a whole new genre for us in music. Later on when he drifted off by himself being as a solo artist. Which I'm going to have you guys sit there and listen to a little bit of Michael Jackson's songs in a minute. How about that? Good old Michael Jackson. Some of the songs I actually really put on there. It was really a moment song. Black and white. Oh, yes. 
movement, the definition of that whole song. Black and whites weren't really allowed to sit there to be together until they enforced the law where it was okay. Um, Heal the world, the earth song. We actually use heal the world in the earth song and earth day. I remember that elementary school when we would celebrate Earth Day. They played Michael Jackson. That's what I'm talking about. Back then, we nobody knew anything that he was doing behind closed doors. And all it was is about the music. And that's a true fact right there. All we thought about was the music. And it was all about the music. And that was it. Well, the next artist I'm going to talk about is Queen, the group Queen. Every member composed more than one chart-topping single. That means every person in Queen is a songwriter. They they, they wrote songs, they, they composed their songs, it's original work, based on what they know, what they seen, everything. They also one of the first influences in the music of Radiohead. I don't really listen to Queen like that, but I've heard about them as well. They've come a long ways, and it's another British band. Listen, I have a whole bunch of Britain people that are on my list that are from Britain. And a lot of people from Britain, Canada, you name it, the UK in general, they do have plenty of artists come over here to the US and dominate. Some of the females that I had on our Mother's Day special, they are from the UK and they came here and created good music here in the US. So I put you two and Queen on that list. So we keep going. This man right here, he was amazing. Sex symbol. He looked good. The ladies loved him. He sung. He had his guitar. Um, he did his movies. He did his thing. And I've been, I stayed at the hotel right across the street from the man's house there in Memphis, Tennessee. Elvis Presley. Yes. A.K.A. Elvis the Pelvis. He was the king of rock and roll or the king. That was what he was called. And no doubt. I I like Elvis. I listen to Elvis' songs. Like I said, I stayed in a hotel right across the street from his house in Memphis, Tennessee. And the hotel played nothing but Elvis movies. You can hear Elvis songs in the hallway. Catch me jumping jumps and they're doing his songs and swinging. Yes. I can admit, I do love some of Elvis Presley songs. He's a good-looking man, though, too. I can say that. Um, he played the guitar, bass, and piano by ear, without knowing who, without knowing how to read or write it. Like I said, a lot of the, the entertainers nowadays they don't play any instruments. You don't see any creativity in musicianship. A lot of these artists that I spoke about and I'm speaking on tonight and that I had spoke about in the Mother's Day special, they use instruments more than just using their voice and the vocals as an instrument. They use actual instruments. Some of them didn't know how to read and write it. 
and they just play it by ear. That's what I love about myself. I play stuff by ear, and it's amazing because that's how you drift off an expansion in your brain, especially in your musical experience of drifting off to different other instruments. And that that's that's how you gain your musicianship. That's it helps you grow. I can say I'm still doing the same old thing. And so I write about that. I'm amazed about that. I'm going to put on a little bit of Elvis Presley songs because I want to hear his voice and everything. And then I'll get right back onto the show. some of these newer bands you know and they're just coming out and everything I mean they're nothing compared to anything in the past or all that but most of the bands that I hear nowadays they didn't have so many albums way from way back when when I was a kid when I was rocking them and they're still rocking now and the Sex Pistols yeah of course they are hot John Rotten spoke his mind writing his music 
Now, John Rotten was the lead singer of the group, and of course, he co-writes the most of the songs that the Sex Pistols sat there and performed and recorded. And he just didn't care. And he said he doesn't care about what he writes. He spoke his mind. He really spoke his mind about anything. And he didn't care what they people was going to think. Didn't care what their opinion was or none of that. He just wrote what he was supposed to write and bam. And they made music. They made hits. And became the most hottest band that we know nowadays. Next person we got, he is a legend, my friend. I kid you not, my friend was in love with this man, even though he's dead and gone now by a fatal shot wound. Um, John Lennon, he wrote songs of a personal experiences. For example, Hey Jude. Hey Jude was about his son, Julian. That's what he was talking about when he was talking about Hey Jude. He was talking about his son, Julian. Um, Getting Better. The song was about how he treated women. With his first wife that he had, that um, the mother of Julian, he used to sit there, beat on her, and slapped her and everything like he used to really beat on women and he admitted that 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 was not the way to go and that's not what he should have been doing to women how he treated them yelled at them hit them and everything he just knew that he was in the wrong and he had to sit there and fix the situation but it became a really good song when he put it out he established the Beatles, which I will sit there and talk about the Beatles. <laughs> Gotta love the Beatles. I have the Beatles rock band within. I have the Green Day rock band. So, man, yes, I do get my rock on <laughs> in the house. I really do. Um, he wrote Fame. Um, David Bowie's U.S. number one song. Now... David Bowie, we will talk about him later on, about him and his musicianship, but writing Fame, Fame is a good song, I love Fame, I even like the movie Fame, the different versions they have of Fame, of course, I like that, yes, I do um, support LGBT, yes, of course, I do support that, Fame is just one of those songs, just how I would sit there and get in the mood me just being fabulous and putting myself out there I just wish you guys could sit there and see me now with my hand gestures and all of that yes yes I love fame fame is a good song fame is a good movie and I thank him thank him for writing it and David Bowie for sitting there recording it and doing the song and it hit number one so you already know fame is the shit next person oh my gosh I love this man this man went crazy after Tammy Terrell sat there and died it was crazy and that's what they think that he went in a whole depression mode and shut it down and all that stuff and he's done many different collaborations with many people including Diana Ross we got Marvin Gaye 
Now, Marvin Gaye, his last name is is Gaye, but he changed it, put the E at the end of it, you know, just so that people don't question about his sexuality, which is understandable. The man was all pure man. I can sit there and tell you that off the bat because of his songs. His song was just amazing. Which he shaped the sound of Motown. I ain't even gonna lie about that. He shut Motown down. He didn't really refer as one to sit there to be an R&B singer. He wanted to do something else. He had something else in mind. And he was co-writing songs at the same time at Motown. He's the prince of Motown. Um, he's the prince of soul. In uh, the late 70s, early 80s of his work, he predated the subgens, Quiet Storm, and Neo Soul. Now, we don't hear a lot of people sit there and do a Quiet Storm and Neo Soul Soul type of song. But I like that type of stuff. Like Maxwell, he's another great example of a person to sit there and do that Neo Soul type of flowing tree. That's another good group that sat there and was doing that. I love the feel of that quiet storm and Neo Soul was just smooth music. Which I already said before that he co-writing many songs in Motown hits. Some of the hits was fire. He did thing with Tammy Terrell, you know, before she sat there and passed away. He did something with Diana Ross. When Diana Ross is still booming, she's still going. The girl is like 70, 70 years old. And she's still going, still going good. And she still look good for her age. She's doing her damn thing out there. So ready for her on there. And Marvin Gaye, he was number one. Which you, you know what? I am I'm, I'm kinda gonna sit there and pause in there talking about Marvin Gaye. I'm gonna let you guys listen for yourself and let his music tell you explain about what he sat there and talk about what he put in his music. Because in his music he sat there and was talking about the world to everybody that I'm naming right now, sit there and talk about some kind of worldly experience. And they were around during the war. So some some of these artists, they did for some of the soldiers. They performed in front of the soldiers. They were anti-war. Uh, John Lennon, he was one. He was personally anti-war. He made songs and such. And Marvin Gaye was sitting there just talking, just expressing his music. I'm just going to let you guys hear for yourself awesome Marvin Gaye because he, he's amazing. I, I just loved his music. As well as, like I said, John Lennon sat there talking about anti-stuff. And Marvin Gaye was doing the same thing. A lot of them were writing their music in number one. And not a lot of people are getting credited really well for their songwriting. But they do have a Songwriters Hall of Fame. Which most of the artists that I just said right now, up up all the way to Marvin Gaye, is on the Songwriters Hall of Fame. But here's some Marvin Gaye. comments put it there on my facebook put it on my twitter put it on uh, on instagram put it even on here any comments what do you guys feel about that marvin gay cuts i mean i can tell you how i feel and i sat there briefly i already said how i feel just let the music speak for itself oh the next person i'm gonna put up here is ray charles I like the movie Ray, and Jamie Foxx actually did a really good job uh, performing him and doing what he did as a blind man, and how he lost his eyesight, and able to sit there and do his music with being blind is 
great phenomenal work um he used gospel melodies is what you see in the movie they sat there and said that no he was playing gospel music but then sitting there putting his work and using church music it's, it was a creative thought using the gospel melodies sitting there putting your own words up into it it wasn't even a gospel song it was just a secular song is what they were sitting there called they would call music non-gospel is secular music he is one of the first musicians born in the state of Georgia inducted into the Georgia Hall of Fame. So since he was born in Georgia, and you know, he made that song, Georgia State of Mind, of course he made a name for himself in his home state where he was born in. Ain't that, ain't that the truth? He's an amazing man. Um, one of the first inductees to the rock in Roll Hall of Fame. There's, a, there's tons of stuff that everybody's put in the Rock Hall, Hall of Fame, the Georgia Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Uh, many of these artists that I myself are named right now are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, with Michael Jackson being in the Dance Hall of Fame. I would, would love it to actually sit there and visit some of these places and and see the many different artists that's on there that influence me as well as everybody else here in the world. He canceled a show because the dance floor was only for whites. Now back then, yes, we were segregated with blacks and whites. So he had one show and the dance floor and the auditorium on the floor was just mainly for whites and the blacks, only one of the blacks was allowed to be in there like in the back on the tight part in the auditorium so he canceled the show and of course yeah he got in trouble for it but he was making the stand that his people is well enough good enough to be down there on the floor sitting there watching him do his music well enough as the white folks who were sitting there listening to his music the next person we got is Johnny Cash Johnny Cash he was nurtured and defended artists on the fringes of what was acceptable in country music. Now most of these artists that done guitar, playing country music, rock, punk, they're all put together. They're, they did multiple stuff. They weren't just country musicians. They were also blues musicians. They were R&B musicians. They were rock musicians, punk. You know, all of them. They did everything. They weren't just one type of genre of music. They did it all. They was collectives just like me. He wrote over a thousand songs. And his tour bus was put in the exhibit. Now the tour bus that he used all the years that he was out going on tour. They put in the exhibit. It's only out on certain times. Uh, they don't put it out in the winter time. But any other time you can sit there and see his bus that he sat there and used on tour. Riding around everywhere. Kurt Kerbin. Kurt Kerbin. Um, he was a figurehead of the grunge movement. I mean, there's a lot of movements that was going on back then. The grunge movement, the punk, the punk for the movement for it beginning, the rock and roll rock that was in there beginning, coming into life, the many first things that was coming up. Where we was 
doing it and people didn't know anything about it and it's just it's just getting stuff together where they're accepting the type of music and they will just try to get more people into doing it so the grunge movement of course I like that um Kirk Gerben is also in the 27 Club which the 27 Club is based off of many our musicians and artists that died at the age of 27 Like Jimi Hendrix, died at the age of 27. Amy Whitehouse, died at the age of 27. Kurt Gervin, age of 27. Um, Miss Joplin, she uh, died at the age of 27. And there is another one that also died at the age of 27. And I really can't put my finger on who it was, and I believe that I do have it written down somewhere that they also died at the age of 27 and I believe I don't even recall who it was but there's many other people that also died at the age of 27 It's, it's really an age that I guess sit there and die that's not a good thing but we learn to sit there and do with it next one he is a really good poet like I said a lot of musicians are songwriters and this one was a unique poet which some people think this man is dead some people think he's alive you already know what I'm talking about I'm talking about this guy he was who what people call is a ghetto poet well, of course, because just think about the songs he really was sitting there putting out. His music rooted in Black Panther parties, Black nationalism, liberty. Just think about some, some of the songs he was sitting there putting out, for real. And he went to a good school, graduated from high school, but he went to a really good school where he sat there and used his poetry to the fullest. And where it led him to is where he became now a whole legacy household name by the ghetto poet. Sitting there talking about what's going on in the streets, what's going on in the world, in a rap. Which I'm, I'm gonna let you guys listen to a little bit of Tupac. We need to give Tupac a little bit of some praise right now. Because he's one of the artists I, I really like. Between the whole Biggie and Tupac situation, people choose Tupac over Biggie. Some people choose Biggie over Tupac. I don't choose them. I like both. I like both Biggie and I like Tupac. They're, they have different lifestyles, they have different ways of types of music they sit there and do, but I feel for both of them. So here we are going with some Tupac. Hey, hey, I get around, that is my song, I know that from the beginning to the end, oh man, I'm loving me some and I love listening to Tupac, and I love that song, I Get Around. That is a good cut. That is a good cut. Uh, next on our list, we got Frank Sinatra. Now, I know a little bit about the Frank Sinatra. Because we're going to sit down and listen to some Frank Sinatra anyways. That, he got a unique voice as well. Um, he learned music as well, also by ear, and never learned how to read. Never learned how to read music, but he learned by ear. <laughs> Just like Elvis Presley. 
sit there and learn by ear, just like many of some of these artists. Um, he couldn't serve in the World War Two because a a pro forward at eardrum, like he had a messed up eardrum, and he could not sit there and and serve in the war, which is okay because he performed to people that was actually in the service. It really died down after uh, the war was over. Oh, really? So a musician didn't really have any jobs to sit there to do. It was limited. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of Frank Sinatra before we sit there and get into our next artist I, um, we got here. We're going to talk about David Bowie, which I know I briefed sit there and said something before about him right, um, doing performing the song Fame, which was written by John Lennon. Uh, we're going to listen to a, a little bit of Frank Sinatra and we're going to get into Dave Bowie. Luck be a lady tonight. It's been in so many different kinds of movies. I, I know I've heard it in Home Alone. A really good song. Frank Sinatra. Love you, man. David Bowie. Um, let's talk about David Bowie. He inspired the punk movement. He also, you know, defined rock. He wasn't the first person, but he definitely defined of rock. Of course. Um, he also was more than just a musician. Like I said, there was other people before that I was in there talking about that they did art. David Bowie, he was more than a musician. He also did art and paint, and he sold them as well. When he started music, he portrayed of Little Richard and Elvis Presley, which both of these cool cats is on my list that I got here today. How about that? Um, next artist, uh, Billy Holly. I don't know if anybody knows anything about, um, Buddy, I mean, Buddy Holly. Um, he defined the traditional rock and roll in the 1950s. He's one of the first to be inducted in the Rock Hall of Fame, and he was influenced by many artists I spoke on tonight. Many artists, um, Buddy Holiday really influenced a lot of artists that I have been spoken on tonight. More than likely. Um, next, we got Prince, uh, which he is the Minneapolis sound of the submerge of funk rock with elements of synth pop and new wave in the 1970s. Um, he's our first post-everything pop star defining easy categories of race, genre, and commercial appeal. He was also known for the strong female present presence in his bands and his support for women in the music industry all th- throughout his career. He was known for his flamboyant style and sh- showsmanship and became to be the regard regarded as a sex symbol. Of course, just like Elvis Presley, he was a sex symbol. Prince, he used that to his advantage as well. That's why they call him as a sex symbol. You know, we're going to get into this a little bit of Prince. But that sound that he had in Minneapolis sound, he... His music was just unbelievably un... 
I can't really explain it. You have to hear it for yourself to know. Like I said, I feel the music in a different way. I, I don't feel it like everybody else do. Um, you know, they had a thing against Prince and Michael Jackson between the two. And the pure on it between the two saying who's better, Michael Jackson or Prince or Prince or Michael Jackson. I like both, to be honest. And they both have different ways of sitting there giving out music and telling their stories and they have their own style. I mean, I wouldn't put it into no competition. Oh, so let's just hit some Prince. Gotta love you some Prince, of course. Uh, nobody can sit there and top him. May he rest in peace. Nobody can top that man. The next person we just like, I almost said Lou Ross, which Lou Ross is actually a good musician as well. No, just getting ready to say Ray Charles, another one. Very influential. Stevie Wonder. Um, he has achieved awards and the civil rights worked in addition to the U.S. Messengers of Peace Prize. He is also the only artist to have won the award with three consecutive albums. He was the first Motown artist and second African-American musician to win an Academy Award for Best Original Song. He is also noted for his work as an activist of political causes, including his 1980 campaign to make Martin Luther King's birthday a holiday in the U.S. Wonder was named a United Nations Messenger of Peace. A lot of his songs were really, really about that. Like like I said, there's a lot of different musicians that was out there with message songs message songs was a big thing back in the day they stood for something they demanded something and they that's why we had so many movements for different genres of music sitting there opening up it was that type of music that made these people go down in history forever and has started everything for us and created everything for us because they fought for it they wrote about it and they sung about it they want people to hear it they want people to accept what they was doing everything I'm so grateful I'm grateful for the women that sat there and did it because that was hard and it's a lot harder for women especially black females being female and a black female artist is a lot harder than if you're a white female and the same thing for the blacks men as well as the white and like it was very hard and for him that he's blind and he was sitting there doing a whole bunch of music and playing the piano and it's amazing work. Like they said, you take away one sense and all the other senses just is a lot stronger and it clicks. And it works. Next we got Louis Armstrong. Um, in the 1930s, he broke barriers and was featured in a Hollywood movie. He was known for What a Wonderful World, a world reowned single. His artistry and personality allowed him to access to the upper elections of American society, then highly restricted for black men. He was also known for his intense rhythm, rhythm swing, and complex conceptive involving accent upbeats, upbeat to downbeat, slurring, and contemporary relations, 
among rhythm patterns. He was virtually the first to create a significant variations based on chord harmonies of the songs instead of, you know, the melodies. I mean, I mean, I like the harmonies, the melodies. I play it all. I feel it all. There's a difference between the two. He was also the first artist to use recordings of his performances to improve himself. Ooze Armstrong may not have been the best player, blues player, especially on his instrument. He wasn't the best, but he is the first among a whole bunch of stuff and won records and also is in the Rock Hall of Fame as well. Everybody's in the Rock Hall of Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Whether they were black, whether they was right, whether they was from Britain in the UK, they all won one the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Next, we got Nat King Cole. He was the first African-American man to host an American television series. He appeared in the first jazz at the Philharmonic concert in the 1944. 1946, the trio broadcast King Cole Trio Time, a 15-minute radio program. This was the first radio program to be sponsored by a black musician. Now, Nat King Cole, you already know you've heard his songs before. He does his thing. You know he ain't here no more. And a lot of people don't give him much credit that he needs to have at all. He just, sorry, he don't have enough, there's not enough credit for it. And I wish people would sit there and give him credit for his musicianship because there is a lot of firsts that he sat there and did that create what we're doing now. James Brown. <laughs> James Brown, that man is something else. It states that he had about like nine kids, but uh, it says that it should be 13. Who knows? But he is known as the godfather of soul. Due to heavy dropout rates in the 1960s, Brown released the pro-education song, Don't Be a Dropout. Royalties of the song were donated to charity used to drop out prevention programs, which James Brown has sat there and dropped out of school in the seventh grade, but still he became a successful musician, but he just wanted all the kids out there to know that, you know, dropping out of school is just not a cool thing. That you need to stay in school, do your work, stay in school, be. Just sit there and do your work, pay attention, graduate, get a good education. There's more to just street smarts. You can have your street smarts and have your book smarts at the same time. You can just do them both. People make their choices and they do what they do. But I think James Brown for sitting there making a song and for donating the stuff to a charity for dropouts. Because they do need our help and they do need guidance. Song from James Brown. The Beatles. Ooh, I love the Beatles. Oh, God, I love the Beatles. All right, um, Beatles, um... Man, John Lennon did so much for the Beatles. It's crazy. Um, the artist 
who broke through the constraints of the time period to come up with some that was unique and original, of course, because John Lennon was the writer. He co-writes the songs for the Beatles, of course. Everything was originated. Like I told you, a few of his songs is from life experience. Most of the songs are from life experience. Like Help. Um, it got so bad with the Beatles mania. It got so bad in the concert. It was so loud that, you know, they really couldn't even hear them sing. So that's why they made the song Help. That's the reason why Help is out. Which, that is a really good song. From the 1920s, the United States had donated popular entertainment culture through much of the world via holiday Hollywood movies, jazz, the music, the Broadway, the Tin Pan Alley, and later the rock and roll that first emerged in Memphis, Tennessee. Beatles is something else, and, and nobody can sit there and take that away. They cannot sit there and take nothing away from the Beatles. They can't do none of that. It's just a lot of people... Celebrate the Beatles, which I do. One fact, I do a lot of Beatles work. I played Eleanor Rigby in orchestra. It it was we were so excited sitting there playing Eleanor Rigby, and it was it was awesome. Um, they even sat there and did that song on the Voice. It, and people listen to sing Yellow Submarine. We did also did that in school, like in the orchestra. There was just so much we expanded. It wasn't just classical music. We built it up on more music, which I love Miss Thorne for that. She just expanded our minds in more than just classical music. There's other genres of music we can sit there and play that they have us in background. And we don't get credit for. But I love me some Beatles. I'll give y'all some Beatles. I'm going to give y'all some Beatles. Beatles, Beatles, Beatles. Yes, the Beatles was incorrect. You like that? Yes. Beatles was so incredible. But our next artist I'm talking about is Robert Johnson. Which Robert Johnson is the OG of blues. He considered the master of blues, particularly of the Delta blues style. If you guys ever really heard of the Devil's Legend, well, the Devil's Legend of Robert Johnson is a story about him selling his soul to the devil. His whole career came up and it was really interesting how it sat there and how it came up he said that he saw a black man and it took his guitar played a song and then handed it back to him i mean i can't say that i can't say that this happened or whether if it didn't happen but he claimed that he sold his soul to the devil to have success in blues Oh, and he mastered it. Being the OG and the master of blues, he got exactly what he wanted. Now this next group, unbelievable next group, Run DMC. They submitted hip-hop as a legitimate art form and brought it to the masses with the help of Errol Smith, MTV, and Generation of Music Listeners. Run DMC was the first group in the first group in the genre to have a album certified gold 
They were the first to earn a platinum record. The first to earn a multi-platinum certification. The first to have their music videos broadcast on MTV. And the first to appear on American Bandstand and the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Run DMC was only the only hip-hop act to perform at the U.S. Live Aid concert in 1985. I mean, who didn't want to sit there and wear Adidas shoes? You know what I mean? Like, I, I like the Adidas shoes, no lie. They wear that in a nice jumpsuit. It would be so... It's stylish. They made a hits. And for them sitting there being MCs and and DJs during that time of era, which was in the the eighties, the late eighties, and MTV in the late eighties was amazing, incredible. I wouldn't know much really much about it, but MTV back then, before now, it was completely different. We had different TV shows. We, they showed music videos. They had people coming in like different shows. For performers coming in to perform live audiences and such. Now we just got reality TV, which totally sucks, and then videos go straight to YouTube. Yeah, our world is just changing as we speak. But here's a little bit of Run DMC for a little bit. And for our next artist, he's pretty little. But let's see if anybody can sit there and guess who I was talking about. They're pretty little, but they're a big name. Let's see if you guys can figure it out after a couple songs of Run DMC. Run DMC, there go Adidas. So, did you guys guess who I was sitting there talking about? I'm talking about Lil Richard. He was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a part of the first group of inductees in 1986. As a rock and roll pioneer, Lil Richard embellished its spirit and flamboyant than any other performer. He was very more flamboyant than Prince because, you know, Prince was a sex idol, seductive women. Most definitely, he was very flamboyant as well, but no one was more flamboyant than Little Richard was. Next, uh, the next artist, I would have to sit there and say, I did a whole report on this artist in world history my junior year. I had a guitar and it had two arms on it i made it out of cardboard and i sat there and i did the duck wall can you really guess who i'm talking about chuck berry yes i did my whole report on chuck berry did his moves told a little bit about him like that he was among the first musicians who we conducted in the rock and roll hall of fame in 1986 See, the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was actually created in 1983, which the opening happened in 86, which along with Little Richard, Chuck Berry was well was conducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was nicknamed by NBC as the father of rock and roll. 
He also refined and developed rhythm blues and the major elements that made rock and roll distinctive. Now the next group that I sat there and I have, I really never heard, really heard of this group up until now when doing a little bit of some research, is the Velvet Underground. Um, They introduced a new degree of social realism and sexual kinkiness in rock lyrics. We're too abrasive for the mainstream to handle, which all of that is meaning their lyrics was very, very sexual, which I wouldn't mind a whole bunch of sexual lyrics they was very sexual lyrics so it was just too much for people to sit there to listen to it wasn't really that appropriate as they would say um they are number three band in the 60s after the uh, Beatles and James Brown and his famous flames next group I have is Led Zeppelin which Led Zeppelin in high school, I remember that to the T, because all my classmates said that they loved the group, they wore clothes with had their faces on it, and they just, they, they loved it, I mean, I was in that type of era where I was doing punk and goth, and I was all into it, well anyways, the museum bio- biography of the band states that they were its inf- uh, influential during the 70s as the Beatles were in the 60s. Which is a good comparison because the Beatles had Beatlemania. So it's a real good being paired up with them is a really good step. They also been credited with a major impact uh, on the nature of music business, particularly in the development of album-oriented rock, or abbreviated as AOR, and stadium rock. They also remain one of the most bootlegged artists in the history of rock music. They achieved a consecutive number one in the UK chart and a record for the most consecutive UK number one album shared with ABBA. This was amazing. Now, you remember we were sitting there talking about Kurt Cobain. Well, let's talk about Cobain's band that he was in, Nirvana. Which in the late 80s, Nirvana established itself as a part of Seattle's grunge scene. Remember how I sat there and said that Kurt Cobain, he was a part of the grunge movement. There was grunge movements, punk movements, black movements. You name it, they had it all. To sit there to make a statement and set something. Well, as Kurt was the writer, co-writer for Nirvana... Um, he found himself as it described as the spokesman of the generation and Nirvana, the flagship band of Generation X. Which being me saying that because he wrote and, you know, he wrote thousands, over thousands of songs before he died, which um, Nirvana di- uh, disbanded after he had passed away. And they still sit there and get together nowadays, but nobody can sit there and 
bring back Nirvana and do the same as they did when Kirk Cuban was there. Next person is Hank Williams. Now, Hank Williams, I've really never heard of him until I was doing this research. And uh, he was the king of country music. Williams is one of the most celebrated and influential popular musicians of the 20th century, especially in regards of country music. Followed by his death, um, the Alabama governor, Gordon Peter uh, Persons, officially proclaimed September 21st Hank Williams Day. How about that? He actually sat there and got himself a Hank Williams Day, just like my day is Tony Braxton Day. How about that? June 2nd is Tony Braxton Day. Many artists covered Williams, wrote and recorded. He influenced Elvis Presley, which we talked about, John Cash, which we talked about, Chuck Berry, which we just talked about, and Bob Dylan. And all of them sit there and play the guitar. Like I said, most of them sit there and play the instruments. Most of them are songwriters. And some of them are artists. Beyond their musicianship. They really do their thing. They're, they're showing their talents and they're not letting their talents go to waste. Next, we have Charlie Parker. Miles Davis once said, You can tell the history of jazz in four words. Louis Armstrong, Charlie Parker. So, this Charlie Parker is mostly compared to Louis Armstrong, which we spoke earlier than today. And jazz, I can't tell you. I still love jazz all the way. There's nothing that can sit there and change me from sitting there, how I feel about jazz. And once again, you play an instrument, trumpet, you name it. You got the trumpet, you got the trombone, you got the bassinet, you got the flute, you got the clarinet. All of those be used in jazz. The the bass, the bass guitar, the big jazz bass. I mean, I've watched it. But his sound was also unique when she grabbed it from other musicians from the past. The next group I've got is Black Sabbath. They are the Black, the Godfather of heavy metal. Ozzy and Friends made dark musician music popular. They were totally goth. I remember the Ozzy's, the Osbournes. Ozzy Osbourne, his their son, their daughter. They had a show on TV way back in the nineties. I watched it just briefly a little bit, but I remember that they did music. They were ranked by MTV as the greatest metal band of all time and placed second in VH1. Which VH1 was really, you know, wasn't even all that hot, you know. Not hot like MTV was, but they were both top television shows, especially back then. And back then it was a whole lot different than it is now. And not much music is really on either station as well it's just all reality shows really to be honest I mean a lot of stuff had to change but they didn't have to change that next we got George Clinton and the P-Funk which uh, their distinctive funk style drew on psychedelic cultures outlandish fashion science fiction and surreal humor 
which I mean I like them and heard some different previous songs of them. George Clinton, they he was a songwriter and I briefly had heard something about him that popped up. It was something about his hair, which I don't recall, but it was pretty funny. Um, he was also they were also inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the largest band yet inducted. It was 15 people, George Clinton and 15 people in one whole group, and they're all conducted in the Hall of Fame. It's the largest one. Yeah. That is something else. Well, let's put on some funk, a little bit of funk, first off. And uh, see what you guys are going to do with that funk. Set there I got to this point we're gonna close it to the end of the show so we're gonna talk about we got two more groups left um craftwork I've never heard of craftwork before I said uh, my research I just been exploring and they had quite a little bit more to really say which is really quite interesting because their genre of music it just went from everywhere um like they developed a self-described robot pop style that combined electronic music with pop melodies sparse arrangements and repetitive rhythms and adapting to styles stylized images including matching suits got electronics you got the style and you got the room to go with it three things and they go all together let's see they said the Beatles and Crasswork may not have the ring of the Beatles and the Stones but none other less these are two most important bands in music history. So this craftwork is going down with the Stones and the Beatles. And you already know the Beatles is big. It's a big brand. A big brand. Uh, last but not least, Kraftwerk have been recognized as pioneers of electronic music as well as subgenres such as electronic pop, art pop, and synthesized pop. I love everything about pop. No doubt about it. I mean, I listen to pop. They probably sat there and created some influence. More likely to uh, folks in the 90s. I love pop like Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, 98 Degrees, Backstreet Boys, that type of stuff. I really think that they probably influenced them. And last but not least, the last group that I'm going to speak about tonight before I sit there and close the show is N.W.A. They were the birth of gangster rap. Their song, Fuck the Police, perhaps the group's most notorious songs, which brought them into conflict with various law enforcement agencies. They had a lot of music that 
really talked about what was happening, what was going on, and a lot of radio stations, like, um, the group was, uh, banned from many mainstream American radio stations because of their music, because, and them talking about the police and all, and some law enforcement, they really didn't want to help support them on their tours, didn't want to work, or none of that stuff. happened like you saw in the movie they were questioned and, and all that stuff um they had a lot of beef going on with ice cube leaving then had this songs the beef actually went on for quite a while um they had a passing um with easy e sitting there passing away from aids thing later on off of that and I mean it just NWA was just all over with a straight straight gangster uh, gangster songs stuff happening you know that happens out in the world but they were straight hood for real I mean within them going solo and Dr. Dre you know with him producing all the songs um uh, MC Ren, he was uh, MC Ren, Ren uh, DJ Yella, MC Ren, sitting there, he wrote the songs for NWA, you know, they all played a major part, even Ice Cube had a part in the written other songs on there, and he was mad about not getting real good credit on it, well, I'm gonna have you guys sit there and listen to a little bit of NWA, this is DJ Freaky Cree, and this is uh, Oh Trouble, like I said, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, and you fellas have a good night, and you ladies listen out there, you guys have a good night as well. Mm-hmm.